0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode six of In Real Time, the week break threw me off. We're back.
1: Wait, I thought it was five.
0: No, five was last week. (laughs) Yeah. No, well, now I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's six. Anyway, we're back. We took a week off. It was Thanksgiving. We ate lots of great food, but we're back.
1: And a little overweight,
0: but it's fine. But we're going to fix that. New year, new me. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so we have a great show for you guys lined up. We have something a little special planned. I'm not going to say what. You have to keep listening. That's how, that's how you keep them going get the engagement. Yeah,
1: up. another step.
0: Right, they don't know. We're going to be reviewing Boy Erased, Not Beautiful Boy.
1: Yeah, which I told a couple of people by accident.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we already did that. Yeah, At least that episode's out there. So that, yeah, yeah, you I can, yeah, I wasn't completely wrong. You weren't lying. But we're going to be reviewing Boy Erased and The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. So, oh, and I'm Dalton. And this is my podcast I have co-host, Kristen.
1: I should not know
0: by now. It could be somebody's first episode. <laughs> you never know. You know, they were like, wow, I really love the Coen Brothers. And I have to hear everybody talk about them. And so, and here they are. Okay. And they'll only be back when we do the next Coen Brothers movie. Whenever that is. Maybe. Hopefully soon. Think- Maybe never.
2: Don't say that. What, it could
0: be last one. I talked to him. They're like, no. we well, just really don't like it. We think we're going to start writing books. Well, fine. Okay. She's done with my stuff. <laughs> this isn't a video podcast, but I got the cue. <laughs> okay. Boy Erased. Directed by Joel Edgerton. The one and only. Who has done one other movie, The Gift. Which I have not seen, but I hear is excellent. So I'll have to check that out. But of course, Joel Edgerton, been in many many movies as an actor and a fine actor how do you feel about joel edgerton do you like him
1: um yeah i like him a lot um very i guess underrated
0: i agree i think he kind of i've seen
1: him in a few other things too and then again mm-hmm. i don't know i guess this movie just pushed pushed it over the top but yeah,
0: definitely a different role for him yeah. i feel like definitely out of type because he is also in the movie we will get to that but this was a uh, from focus features Um, The cast includes Lucas Hedges, because it's 2018, so it has to have Lucas Hedges in it, Mm -hmm. because he's in every movie. Uh, It also stars Russell Crowe, Nicole Kidman, and of course, Joel Edgerton, like we said. So a really stacked cast, honestly. Um, Really front-loaded. Some some good character actors in there, too, underneath. But yeah, so this is a true story. And the synopsis is, the son of a Baptist preacher is forced to participate in a church-supported gay conversion program. After being forcibly outed to his parents. Forcibly being the opted wor- optic word there. Because mm-hmm. he definitely is. So yeah. This is based on a memoir of uh, Jared Eamons. Who is a real person. He um, wrote this book. That the movie is based on. And he's like been an advocate. For trying to get rid of gay conversion camps.
1: As you should be.
0: Yeah. Because they're. I think it says at the end of the movie. 36 states. They're still legal in. Which is just outrageous. So
1: is that like Today.
0: Yeah, as of this okay. year. Okay. Well he said as of, as of like the recording of that movie. Yeah. So last that's year That's insane. Yeah. It's nuts. I'm sure we probably live in one of them. But yeah. you
1: that's probably a good guess.
0: We're in the south, so you know, we're
1: in the bottle belt. That's though.
0: a safe bet. So yeah. Um like I said, this is a very it's another, I guess, two episodes in a row with this is a movie really tackling a a tough subject to watch. Yeah. Like this is this is a hard movie to watch. It's sad. It's emotional. It, it it's unflinching.
1: It brings definitely a different side of, um, because Lucas Hedges' character has like a different, um, I guess opinion about his point of view of the situation. Right. I didn't think it went very stereotypical, which yeah. was nice to see.
0: Yeah, he's conflicted about it for sure. Yeah, like, his position.
1: And he like the whole time he was like, I don't hate my father.
0: Yeah. well, and he he you know. It, the beginning maybe he does want to change yeah like change quote unquote change so you know he goes to this camp after being forcibly outed when he goes to college by a real jerk of a character which there's a very brutal scene with that character that I won't spoil but it's probably one of the hardest things I've had to watch in a theater this year it's just it's rough um so he goes to this gay conversion camp and it is run by Joel Edgerton who is the preacher person whatever you want to call counselor and he has this very strange method I guess you would say of how he does this of he says that the reason that they feel this way is that their environment has let them down basically like being a gay is a choice and you made this choice because your dad was an alcoholic or
1: like any kind of circum negative circumstances put you in the situation
0: yeah and that this is your outlet I guess which just is full of holes in logic, but whatever. <laughs> Obviously, these aren't people dealing with logic. And so, you know, they do all of these exercises and things where they try to break you of this and show you the way. And it's just like, it makes you angry. Some of the scenes, some of the ways, like the blatant like brainwashing they're trying to yeah. do. To, and humiliating. Yeah, especially the humiliating. Man, there's a, one character who's like real quiet and they just... The scene with him, like, the, the like, funeral scene. Yeah,
1: that was so, so it, sad. It's just brutal. His name is Cameron. Isn't Cameron,
0: there? yes, that's right. And it's just, man, he, gives it a, he gets down the road, and he's, he's, like, such a nice kid, and it's just, I just, but yeah, so, I guess that's the one side of it, is, like, the main, the crux of this movie is in the gay conversion camp, but the other half of it is the family life.
1: Yeah, and how they're, um... Affected. Yeah, and how they're having to, I guess... Work on changing and accepting this.
0: Right. Because, as you would expect, Lucas Hedges' character does come to terms with the fact that, hey, he's like, I'm gay. You know, I'm not. He doesn't want to change. Right. He learns that this is who he is. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with him. He has, like, they do some flashbacks where he meets some guys and another guy in school that kind of shows him, like, this is okay. You're not, like, breaking any code Like, this is just you and it's fine. Um, I think he says, that guy says to him, he's like, I want to show you that God's not going to strike you down.
1: Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. was a really powerful scene.
0: Yeah, and so he has to come to terms with that, and so his parents, played by Nicole Kidman and Russell Crowe, who are very religious, his dad is a preacher, Um, they are now having to come to terms with who their son is now because it goes against who they are. And you really see they both battle it in their own way. You know, Nicole Kidman really... You know, her, she's more of a, this is my son, like.
1: Well, she definitely goes along with the dad at first. Right. And she doesn't necessarily have her own voice at the beginning. She kind of just, you know, falls behind him. And she says that to mm. um, to Lucas Hedges' character right. as well. And then I think as it goes on and she sees that he's struggling through all of this and she knows, like, this feels wrong.
0: Well, she sees behind the curtain, too, right, at yeah. some point in the movie. Um, So, and she sees that this is a pretty nefarious place that he is and that it's probably really hurting him more than it is helping. It definitely is. And so, you know, she's like, you know what she says? A mother knows when her son is in pain or when yeah, something's yeah. not right. And yeah. So when we talked about the movie. How did you feel? Cause obviously this one in some places is getting some Oscar buzz, especially for, you know, Lucas Hedges, Nicole Kidman, maybe even maybe Joel Edgerton outside chance. Um, how do you feel about that? Do you think stacking up some of the other contenders we've seen? Do you think it's as strong? Does it have a chance in any categories?
1: I think it. I think it should definitely be nominated at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't see it winning necessarily when you yeah. you stack it up against other yeah um, movies that are going to be nominated. But I I would like to see it at least yeah. get a nomination. I think
0: it could sneak into some some categories for sure. I think you know. Best Supporting actress for Nicole Kidman, maybe.
1: Well, she needs to work on her Southern accent, because that was a little terrible.
0: <laughs> well, they're, act- they're in Indiana. It's not really the South. They, well, like, she
1: sounded like she was trying to be no, from Alabama. not
0: Indiana. I'm sorry, Arkansas. So, still not really the South. I don't care what they say. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bad. Yeah, well. She tried, I guess. She did try. That's true. It, it wasn't as noticeable to me as, say, like, Claire Foy in First Man.
1: Okay, yeah, that's fair.
0: Um, but yeah, it did slip in and out. I, apparently, you got to be British if you want to do a good Southern accent, <laughs> apparently. But yeah, um, I agree. I think that, you know, it'll probably be Bridesmaid for a lot of categories. Like, it's there to fill out some spots. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really good. It was definitely good. Like, I, you know, I was moved from it, for sure. There were some powerful scenes in there, but I think that they're just stronger contender. Like, in, in yeah. any of the categories, that, like it would take, I think I can, I've already seen a stronger performance. And that's without seeing some of the like these last year end mm-hmm. heavy hitters. So I would agree. I think that it'll probably get some recognition, but I, I don't know if it'll pick any up. Maybe like a Golden Globe or a Spirit yeah, or something I'm, like that. I'm
1: more happy that the story at least got to be told. Yeah, I agree. But I don't think it necessarily holds a uh, yeah, contending it, spot, I guess.
0: It's not like, you know, it's not like you got to go out and see this. I think mm-hmm. if you're interested in, you know, in the, the subject matter, which you should be. Um, I think it's an. I think it definitely is an important movie. I'm glad it got made. Focus features continuing to make these movies. You know, some like Spotlight, where they make movies right. about tough subjects that you know these need to be seen. And I'm glad that they do. You know, even though they, it's probably not going to make them any money at all, which they don't need to because they're being bankrolled other places. But still, it's good that they do this. And so, I mean, critics are about in line with us. 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.2 on IMDb. I would agree with that. I think this is a it's a very powerful movie. I think it will move you. I think that especially if you like maybe are in the LGBTQ community, you know, like if you maybe if you experience experiences so or you know somebody who has or like you've lived, you know, in a place like we have where like bigotry towards homosexuals is something we see all the time. Mm-hmm. It's very real. And so it's something that you can relate to and it's something that I mean needs you know, it needs this light shed on it, and, you know, people need to know this is happening and that it's not okay, and so I, I, you know, I like it a lot. I give it four out of five stars. I think it's, I mean, I think if you can catch it, you definitely should. I think it's something people need to see. What about you?
1: Yeah, I uh, definitely give it, I would say, I would say three stars, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I think that's about it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, was... I, I love, the story was really good. Acting was very good. Mm-hmm. I want people to go out and see it, but. I mean, it's just that
0: in yeah. itself. Oh. Yeah, didn't. So in the Battle of the Boys, you're picking Beautiful Boy.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Timothy Chalamet has my heart. Well, and he always. Will. That's a
0: little bit of bias here, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, there's no objective opinion, that right? <laughs> All right, well, I think that will do it for Boy Erased. So next on, we're going to move to the Netflix movie, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. And we have a surprise. We have our first special guest, my father. Mr. Wayne Fuller, say hello. Hello, guys. So, it's kind of all worked out because we came over here for dinner tonight, and I was like, hey, you watched The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, right? And he was like, yes, twice. And I was like, perfect. We're <laughs> talking about it this week, so you're going to be on. No warning at all. <laughs> I have no filter. <laughs> yeah, well, that's okay. We technically are marked explicit on not. Yeah, so we don't necessarily
1: cool. say a lot of cuss words, but we can when but we, we want. Have the option. We have the option. And that's
0: what's important. <laughs> so yeah, so we're talking about the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, the new anthology film, from none other than Joel and Ethan Cohen, the Cohen brothers. They're fantastic. Of course, they also wrote this movie because they write and direct all of their movies. Don't step. Don't put that on the table too hard. It picks up in the mic.
3: <laughs> <laughs> My bad.
0: <laughs> it's okay. Half of our podcasts have J.C. Scratch in there. Yeah, that's fair. So cool, yeah. But
1: <laughs> What's that ding in the background? It's my dog. It's the dog, yeah.
0: That's okay. They like that. So, I mean, if you're listening to a movie podcast, you know who the Coen Brothers are. I mean, Brother Arthal, The Big Lebowski, No Country for Old Men, the best movie in the past 20 years. Um, Fargo. You know, the list mm-hmm. goes on and on. It, it's They they are, you know, two of the greatest Directors ever, especially a contemporary, like in the last 20 years, for sure. I mean, they need no introduction on this podcast. um We are huge fans. And I always have been. I've seen Well, Brother Art Thou a million times. So many times. Can sing all I, the songs. I, I raised this boy as
3: best I could. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, so, the, you know, this one, and this one's a little very, you know, a little different for them, honestly. This is, you kind of do see them stepping out because I think something the Coen brothers movies do so well is they like to take a lot of stories, you know, that don't necessarily seem related at first and they like to weave them in together mm-hmm. or they like to tell very personal, almost combative stories. Like something like no country for old men where you're, you're getting two sides of a story that will, and that you know, they're going to clash. Mm-hmm. So like they're, they're really good at tying things together, I guess is what I'm saying here. So it's really interesting for them to pick an anthology movie to do or. They're doing six completely unrelated stories. They have similar themes, you know, for sure. But, you know, they're not exactly weaving a narrative together. So, yeah. So, I mean, this isn't obviously a Netflix film. Um, it's got a really impressive cast. You know, Tim Blake Nelson, James Franco, Tom Waits, which if you didn't know it was Tom Waits, you probably didn't know it was him because he doesn't look anything like himself. Um, Liam Neeson, Matt eye himself, Brendan Gleeson
1: oh yeah and it's also um what is i have to look up his name now i'm drawing like but we'll come to
0: okay um so yeah i mean so the synopsis is an anthology film comprised of six stories each dealing with a different aspect of life in the old west um they did show this movie in theaters so that it can have oscar consideration if they were to do it which is smart on netflix if you have a coen brothers movie you want it to be you know at least eligible who is it? We you got?
1: It's Harry Milling. He played Dudley Dursley in Harry Potter. Oh, so, um, Harry Potter's cousin.
0: Yeah. Uh. Uh,
3: Harry Potter shout out.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course.
1: I mean, it's probably going to happen at least once in every episode.
0: I mean, I figured he was either in Harry Potter or he was in 8 Mile. It was one of those two.
1: <laughs> I oddly know a lot about 8 Mile. I don't know why, we but wa- I do.
0: Every time we watch the movie and the character who's in that movie who is also in 8 Mile, Kristen calls it out. <laughs> it's weird. So there, there's it's my your, superpower. Yeah, we've added you here. So okay, back onto the rails here. <laughs> you guys are bad influences. Um, <laughs> we'll start with our guest here, of course. Guest first. First, before we, you give us your thoughts on the film, give us your thoughts. Obviously, you love the Coen brothers, but give us your thoughts on the Coen brothers and their films in the past.
3: You hit on it. Uh, probably my favorite thing about the Coen Brothers is their storytelling ability. I mean, every movie that they have, every movie that they've ever ever put out, to me, the storytelling ability that they have is just unbelievable. I love every movie that they've done, other than Burn After Reading. Oh, Burn After Reading is good. I, I'm no, sorry. it's not. I, I just, I, 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 I just didn't like it. But uh, boring that one. <laughs> I, I love everything that they did, and the storytelling, And oh my gosh, it is so good. And, and I think what I really liked about The Ballad of Buster Scruggs so much, one, it was in my wheelhouse, because it was all based in the Old West, which I love. I'm a big John Wayne fan, a big Old Western fan. How could I not be with Gary Fuller being my dad? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, that, that's his retirement. Plan was to watch every old western for the hundredth time, but hey, they did an excellent job with this, they really did. And I was just blown away one because every single story in this movie could have been a movie, I'm a standalone sorry. movie on its own, in my opinion. And it, it was just awesome, but you get just enough of every story to make you want more but you're really, really satisfied when it's over. And you're just like, oh my God, you know, why did they not do this more? You know, I almost wanted it to be a Netflix series. Yeah.
0: Which a lot of people thought it was, but the Coen Brothers did clarify in an interview recently that they were like, this was always supposed to be a film. We didn't like shorten any of these or anything like that to make it into a movie. Like, I think there was some kind of, like, reports or something, rumors that that was the case, but they did say, and whether that's true or not, they did come out and say this was always supposed to be a movie. But, yeah, um, Kristen, what do you, th- I mean, you're the other Old West lover in mm-hmm. this trio here. Um, me, the least of all three of us, for sure. So, how did you feel? Um, how did you feel about the movie, the Coen brothers in general? Um, and how did you feel about it as a Western, like, in the Western genre? How do you feel like it fits?
1: Um, I think. It gave it kind of a fun and new aspect of what a western would be. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I first started or watched it with the opening story, I was like, "What are we about to get into?" Mm -hmm. I was not sure this was gonna be good, but it turned out amazing. I wanted each like I wanted more Mm stories, just watching it throughout the whole the whole thing. And um, yeah, I think they put a really fun twist on it. Um, And then, but they kept like the the rawness and the intense um how it's like in the old western days like how hard it is to live and like people just shooting each other when they get mad just it don't matter yeah uh but it was crazy i loved it yeah. i think they did an excellent job
0: okay well not to bring the party down i guess <laughs> not a lot because i do i did oh, enjoy, i did enjoy it as well but as we know here well maybe the listeners don't know because i don't know if we talked about this i'm not a huge fan of westerns at all. Um despite my lineage that has now been exposed i've just never really been a huge fan of them i mean there are exceptions um if you count there will be blood as a western then that's a, you know i love that movie but i just i've never really connected with them i think that a lot of the stories are very overtrodden you know like there's that whole if you've seen one western you've seen them all like john wayne could shoot 60 westerns in a month because they're basically the same story um, I think that they can often, you know, get a little stale. But I do agree that as far as, like, taking the vibe or the the setting of the, the Old West and really putting a different spin on it, a Cohen Brothers spin on it, I think they succeed mightily. I think that they play with that genre in a very fun way. They play with some of the tropes of it, and like, you know, the fastest gun or, like, you know, the bad guys always wearing black, stuff like that. They have some really fun... Plays on those things, mm-hmm. like kind of genre breaking some of that stuff, so I do like that. My big gripe with the film is I feel like there's six stories, and I feel like they really should only wanted to do four of them
1: well i mean they like the one in the um in the golden valley, I think mm-hmm. that's what it's called I'm not hundred percent sure right. um I think that adds a different um side to the west though like it's not all just cowboys and indians oh yeah and And it was like it brought the like the gold rush kind of thing into play yeah that one
3: and i I thought that was really cool because that was a big part of the west Mm -hmm. was you know the gold rush and you could tell this guy that was the main character in this story had been tom waits yeah that was tom and 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 you're right you would not have known that was him Mm-mm. At all, They'd I
0: didn't be, know until I looked up the casting.
3: <laughs> and but just the story behind it, you could tell that this guy had absolutely been, you know, a gold miner his entire life. He had been out there by himself. To me, he'd gone nuts. I mean, he he, yeah. was, he was crazy. And and it, it, but the storytelling. Because, you know, there's not a lot of dialogue in that one. No. Mm-hmm. You know, Almost none. I mean, mainly because he's out there by himself with a mule. Yeah.
1: And yeah. he's kind of talking to himself right now and then. Or who who is this, like, person or that he keeps referring to?
3: I think you, it was his, he had a partner at one okay. time. It's what I picked up on. Yeah. It, and, and he died. And so he was out there by himself. But mm-hmm. just the little storytelling details, like when he climbed the tree to get the egg. Yeah.
1: And then he was like, how many um um eggs can a bird count anyways or something like yeah, that? Yeah, because
3: that owl, it was an owl yeah, of yeah, all yeah. things too. You know, that's another story altogether. Yeah, but, that's a different podcast. Yeah, it, but it, it was just crazy because the owl's sitting there looking at him and he's having a conversation with this owl and he feels bad because he's taking all the owl's eggs and he so he puts them back <laughs> and takes one. And I, I don't know, I just that was really touching mm-hmm. to me. But I think of all of them, the one that, Disturbed me the most, and it couldn't be a Corn Brothers production if it didn't have at least one that was yeah. disturbing. Was the meal ticket? Oh yeah. Yes. the one with Liam Neeson. Yes, oh, that my was God. messed up. It yeah. was so bad. It was so bad, and and I I thought that it was coming, you know, because I kept seeing Liam Neeson's character never said a word, mm-hmm. and you know, in this whole thing, and then he. <laughs> You you yeah. keep seeing it, Kevin, and you're thinking, right. no, no, yeah. surely not, surely not. And I'm not gonna give it away right. because I'm not gonna give a spoilers. But it is a really, really messed up story, yeah. but it is awesome.
0: It definitely is. That one was definitely one of my favorites for sure. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think the Prospector one. I think it is good. I think it does. I think it it's playing some good themes. I think that I think the two weak ones, in my opinion, are that one and the one with James Franco. Um, I think that they just they feel a little, um. <laughs> they feel a little you know just kind of like thrown in a little bit they just don't seem like to me watching it that they got the love that the other four did that they and that's just you know me personally that so I think that I think it's a much stronger movie is if you either extend those somewhat or you take them out because I think that it does you know hinder the whole experience of the film because I was kind of like you know, I kind of got lulled a little bit. And then, so the other, next ones had to bring me back. And I was like, okay, I'm back into it. Um, so, but I mean, it's not bad. You know, I think it's, I do, I did like the, I did like it overall. And I think that any movie that is a Western setting is always going to have an uphill climb with me because it's just not a setting I um, really jive with for sure. So,
3: well, I, I think too, I was really thinking that the, the, the very first one, which was the Ballad of Buster Scruggs was, was excellent. And I really figured that that one would be like the mm-hmm. gold star of the of the all of the six, but I really think that uh, let's see, yeah, the gal who got rattled,
1: yeah, that was a good one. Was
3: so good. The storytelling behind that one too again was so
0: good. Was that the uh, wagon train? one? Yeah, the wagon. Yeah. Train. yeah, I did. That one was my favorite because I feel like that one told the most complete story, um, and had a has a heartbreaking ending that I really, I just really connected with that her that her character the most to me, and I just like never saw that coming. Me neither, um, and I really just like the back and forth between it. Um, I think the ending on that one is probably my favorite. The only second to the last one. I think the ending of the last one is awesome. It's so ominous and like yeah, um, like I just like that whole like they do that whole that whole section is in a carriage, mm-hmm. and to convey the emotions that they do in that one in the very limited setting the most limited setting of all of them like this this whole you know it's very it's shot extremely well which all Colin brothers movies look great so there's no surprise there um it was very beautiful so i do want to shout out to the cinematography and the score was great too i think um you know there's some there's a really if
1: you've got an lg oled tv you should watch this on it
0: yeah i mean (laughs) on netflix it's in dolby vision that
3: was called The Mortal Remains. It was the last one. Yeah, I, On really, liked the,
0: yeah, I really liked that one a lot. Um, but yeah, the cinematography and the score is great. Like, the, you know, the first, you know, the ballad of Buster Scruggs, obviously it, it's a music, so they, you know, that one's more musical. And I, 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 that was really, that was a lot of fun. Um,
3: that surprised me too, the music mm-hmm. part of it. The, it was really cool. I, I really caught myself, yeah. you know, singing the songs <laughs> and stuff because they're all just like old Western tunes are. They're, yeah. they're catchy. You know, you feel like, you know, Gabby Hayes is going to come up out of the grave and, and, you know, start singing with them. We can only hope. Yeah. That would make your pawpaw very happy. Yeah, I'm sure it would. But but yeah, I I really think that they did an excellent job. And you hit on something that the camera work on all of them to me. Was absolutely beautiful. The oh, scenes yeah. in in the Gold Rush, the the guy that that one was beautiful.
0: Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, the I scenery. I said that I it, it like I audibly was like whenever they opened the shot for the Gold Rush one, I sat there and I just went wow because it was beautiful. I totally think they just put that one in there just for the camera guy. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think you're right. And I was definitely okay with that part because yeah, there were some gorgeous shots of the scene of scenery shots in there. Great framing too. Um. There are some really well-framed shots. Uh, I think, like the draw scene um, at the end of the first one, where he holds the mirror up after what happened. I'm not gonna say what happens, but I love that. It's such a great. It's like so well, it's so well done. It's like the they use the way they use the mirror to reveal that is extremely impressive. Um, the whole, a lot of the framing in the carriage scene where they can, like, kind of, like, pan and zoom on certain characters and put In such, like, a thing. small space, too, yeah, make it feel big. Yeah, the way they can, they really play with space in that one, and they talk about, like, the, you know, the guy on the roof and everything, and, and it's just, like, that one, to me, the first one and the last one felt the most Coen Brothers to me, where, like, the first one is kind of, like, you know, the fun silliness that they can have, like, something like, say, the Big Lebowski or Brother Where Art Thou, like, the zaniness, and then, the last one is the real tight dialogue character interactions that you get in a Coen Bellies movie, like a, you know, like an umbrella War or Thou, you know, where they kind of are really playing with each other. They don't have anything else but each other. And so those two were, you know, really, I think they were good bookends, like in the ordering of them, I think that was a good way to start and end that, that it goes out on a high note for sure. And a movie, in an anthology for me, that definitely had some lows I think it starts and ends really well, which is really important.
3: Well, you didn't give it any love, but the one with James Franco in it, to me, was coming as, out. it was as much Coen yeah. Brothers as, as it could be, to me. Just the whole story of it, the silliness of it, <laughs> the, 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 the story of it. And the, that guy that, uh, I don't know what his name is, but the one that was the bank teller?
1: Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah he's, he's in a couple of other Coen mm-hmm. Brothers movies. And he is an excellent character. And that was him to a T. Yeah,
0: it, it starts really well. I,
3: when he comes he out with all this pain. Was, he also, just to give you some playback on him, was he was the the guy in the uh, Old Brother where Art Thou. He was the one that owned the records. Yeah. Uh, oh, recording yeah. Studio. yeah. And, I
0: saw that in his, in his credit, And, it,
3: yeah, it was, it was really, to me, I, I mean, it was probably the shortest of all six, but it was, mm-hmm. it, to me, I liked it. It was cool. Uh, i like james franco i like that guy I, I, i'm sorry i can't remember his name but he's really he, he's a great actor and, and i thought he did a really good job but just the the twist of him disappearing <laughs> and coming out like he did i'm not yeah. gonna give it away but it was really really cool to cracked make. me up bad shot yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it was it was neat
0: yeah it does start well i think that one just kind of peters off i do i love like when it started i was like oh man this is really good and then it just kind of like james franco and, and his, his
1: sexy cowboy voice oh, yeah. Yeah, i was here for it and, yeah. And yeah
0: yeah that yeah, scene like that that's, <laughs> that's, that scene at the end um and in the, in the same he's like first time that's become a meme which i appreciate um because i did like that
3: i thought the whole part though with him on the horse when they were going to hang it yeah and, and oh, the horse yeah. kept trying to to find some he, grass he to live alone, and it kept going further and further and he's sitting there just with this look on his face like you know <laughs> and it's bad enough that he's that he's being hung but now he's got to worry about a his his entire being being yeah. determined by a, his horse finding a piece of grass to eat <laughs> that
0: guy showing up he's like don't move
1: no that scene though like when he's like as far back as he can go before he's hung yeah. and then he yells out at this guy that's miles away he's like hey, like barely even like yeah. raises his voice, and that guy just looks. And he's like, "Oh, hey, there's a guy there." There's no way he would have
0: heard. There's nothing out there to stop the the voice carrying. It's good. That,
1: no,
3: that that was... that, that whole mo- film or that that section of the movie was had to have been a shout out to Clint Eastwood's um spaghetti western mm-hmm. movies because I don't know how many times I'm, Clint Eastwood has been almost hung yeah. in, in his movies and there's always somebody that's going to be hanged in the movies and it, it's it's awesome to me that the shout outs that they did mm-hmm. and i thought it was cool too with how they started it out with a book it's like a book of a western yeah film. yeah a different chapter and then they flip stories. through the stories mm-hmm. and then they bring them to life that's I, really I, I cool i really like that too you
0: know the uh, person flipping the pages morgan freeman Really? No. You that's just not made true that up. Yeah, I definitely made that up. <laughs> that sounded <beautiful>. yeah, good. <laughs> I
3: liked it. If it if it wasn't, it should have been. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we'll pretend
1: like it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's we just that's the head cannon. Okay, okay. Well, you guys are gushing about it, but this is a podcast for critical reception, so I gotta know what are your major gripes with it. Kristen, you go first.
1: There wasn't enough stories.
0: Expound, because it's a two hour and fifteen minute movie, so like i mean
1: i just say that because i wanted more
0: yeah i mean i know you did want more and i mean i think there's definitely a platform for that i don't know yeah. if they ever would the corn brothers like to keep doing new stuff so it would be interesting if they retread on it but it's
1: cool how they like made like each story but they made it into a film but it would be interesting to like put that i think as like like short episodes or something yeah. that way they could put more stories in there that yeah, way but sh- i mean i don't know they I'm could do that later i'm
0: sure netflix probably wanted them to do that but i mean
1: it's, a, it's different it is what it to, is. like it's a different way to do a film so i appreciate it
0: yeah i mean it's cool anthology films are cool because of you can kind of get that they don't feel as daunting sometimes maybe it's mm-hmm. like you're not sitting down for two and a half hours to watch one story you know you're getting multiple stories so that can be a good way and also it's an easy way like you know something like four rooms it can be a good way to not in this case, obviously, with all the Coen brothers, but they can also be a good way to let multiple voices be in on one product, like something like or mm-hmm. like Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think the anthology film has kind of died maybe in the wave of TV, because it's like, why not make it a miniseries? But I definitely think that there is a, like a merit to it, because The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, even though they're separate stories, they all share similar themes. May, the major one being death and how you deal with death and how death can come in, the, in something brutal like the Old West. And, and like if you see each, you know, each one of the stories centers around death in some way, it's a major player just in different ways. And I really do enjoy the way that death comes in each of the stories in, in such a unique way, whether it be a comedic device, whether it be very serious and sad, whether it be motivation, You know, it can, they really do a good job with that. Like, it really, that, it's really the thread that, you know, ties the story together. But I'm not letting you guys get away from this. I want to know your major complaints because I'm not going to be the only negative (laughs) Nancy here.
3: I I think you probably are going to be the only negative Nancy here because I I, I, honest to God, went away from it with no negatives. And of course that's not out of the ordinary for me because I see the good in, in about every film that, that I've met. That's okay. I mean, and and, 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 it, and right? I do. But I, I guess if I was gonna have anything negative to say about it and this is not really negative. It's just something that I anticipated and it didn't happen. But I really thought at some point these stories were going to intertwine. Mm. Oh yeah. I did. Mm -hmm. Uh, The whole time I'm sitting there thinking, okay, when's the plot twist going to come in to where, you know, these characters are going to cross over or or these stories are going to cross over somehow. And there's going to be like a big, Oh, and I didn't even notice that or something because Mm -hmm. the Golden brothers are known for their, their little uh, Easter eggs that they have in their films that you just don't catch. And I really expected that. And, And that's not a negative by any stretch of the imagination. It's just, I guess, I was thinking it was going to happen and it didn't and I was just like, "Oh, man, I, I was wrong." And you know, <laughs> nobody likes to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, that's true. Kristen,
1: I don't know. I honestly like I'm trying to think it's of something nothing. negative and I can't. Okay. It was okay. it was excellent and it was it different.
3: Was. Yeah. It was it was uh Cohen Brothers perfection yeah. to me. It really was. Uh I felt like Netflix gave them an outlet to do this, and uh i i, I like the idea of that, and I'm glad that Netflix did it, and I hope that this is you know the sign of things to come mm-hmm. with Netflix because we all know that Netflix has laid some eggs,
0: especially in movies, yeah, true.
3: and this was just like a you know this is their you know everybody else has got something to shoot for now, so
0: yeah, I mean, that's true, I agree, I think um, in the pantheon. Of Netflix movies this is definitely you know on the good side we, we for sure definitely, like big time like not even you know on the line it's it's a it's a great Netflix film it's a top tier Netflix film um and a you know like we've talked about that like it's well documented since the start of this show Netflix makes a lot of bad movies they just do like they make a lot of content in general so that's going to happen but but they make a lot of stinkers and the one saving grace of Netflix is that they don't try to control... It. They give you know, all of their artists creative freedom. And so when you give creative freedom and a budget to somebody like the Coen Brothers movie, you're going to get something good. Always. Burn After Reading is good. You're always going to get something good. Like They don't make bad films. They've made so many. And they don't make bad ones. I mean, do they make some that are just... Good, like just okay, yeah. I'm like you know something like Hell Caesar, you know, just okay. But they're never bad. And you know, every now and then, you know, more often than not, you get masterpieces. You get No Country for Old Men, like in my opinion, the best movie made in the past twenty years. Fargo. So, yeah, you,
3: far- you get Fargo is set the scale for me for years mm. to compare movies against because it the storytelling, the characters. It's just, and that's what I love about the Coen Brothers. You get a good, true, wonderful character, whether that person is a serial killer, or or whether he is, you know, a just a a dude. You know, they're (laughs) all the the dude. dude. They're all great characters. You know, and and I can't tell you how many of their characters, after their movies, I've watched, you know, fifty times. I'm like, man, I would really. Wish that dude was real so I could really know him. Yeah, you meet know?
1: him.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah so I, I mean, I think, you know, we have... Netflix is definitely trying to turn it around. I think in the race, like we talked about, we talked about, you know, a couple weeks ago, Amazon, definitely a better pick of original movies versus Netflix. But Netflix is trying to catch up. I mean, they have this. I still think, I, I mean, some people maybe not as much, but I think Private Life is a fantastic movie. I think that's head and shoulders above... A lot of stuff they've done um and then they have roma which is a movie right now that people are picking as the front runner for best picture like it's a netflix movie it's coming out you know netflix in two weeks and you know according to throughout the festival circuit people are like this is the one to beat so they're definitely going you know they've i think that when they started they were like hey if you've never made a movie come to netflix we'll give you more money than you'd ever get anywhere else and you can make whatever movie you want and it hasn't really, it didn't really pay off. You know, they did. You know, and they, they got some okay ones, Oakja, something like that. Um, but they got a lot of really bad movies. And so now they're like, mm, okay, that didn't work. <laughs> the Coen Brothers, uh, you know, Avonbo Jogiani, you know, two, you know, some of the best directors ever. You know, Guillermo del Toro, he's, you know, he's gonna have Netflix series. He's doing Pinocchio. That's gonna be wild. But, um, but maybe
1: this can give a, a like directors that are you know well known a chance to like do something new yeah I mean and like you know not right. the same old thing that's gonna get them like box office yeah, reviews or it whatnot. definitely
0: is like and I think it's, it's a rising tide that raises all boats kind of thing where if you if Netflix can kind of right the ship and and heavy hitters can come in like the Corn brothers like Guillermo del Toro like Alfonso Cuaron like Michael Bay like Steven Spielberg you know these are people who have Netflix properties coming out if they can come back and kind of write this ship, it only does better for these other, you know, no name creators mm-hmm. that are also getting this money to make it, because otherwise Netflix goes away if they keep putting out bad products.
3: Well, and you know Netflix went in with with the comic book uh, writer Mark Miller. Yeah, and he is one of the best comic book writers that, in my opinion, that has been out in a long time, and and he's gonna start you know, developing some of his comic book characters into Netflix originals, which I cannot wait for because his storytelling on the comic book side is excellent. I mean, it is really good characters that mm-hmm. you're really interested in them. There's stuff that nobody's done before. He pushes the edge. And, you know, he he is uh, he, he's something that's got me really excited about their uh, collaboration that he's yeah. got with Netflix.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, they're obviously changing up, you know, changing up their strategy, for sure. And it does seem to be working so far. You know, time will tell. We're still early on. For sure, you know, one movie into this. This is their first, like, August one and a half. A lot of people have seen Roma at this point. Um, But, so we talked about, you know, you said earlier that, that, you know, Coen Brothers movies are known for Easter eggs. You know, and little things you may have missed. And Kristen, I think you might have found an article with some of those. I problems.
1: did. Um am reading through it. I only found like three of them that were really interesting. That's okay. Um, but I can share the link on our page so everybody can go cool. read it too.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but the first one that I read was pretty interesting. Um, it starts out with the first story of Buster Scruggs. Um, in the Frenchman's Gulch, the poker hand that Buster refuses to play is aces and eights, which If you're a decent poker player, you may have wondered, you know, why did he refuse to play that hand? Mm -hmm. Um, But some people are saying it was out of his superstition because aces and eights is called dead man's hand. That's correct. And um, it's rumored, you know, that he, you know, obviously he's the best, what was he, the best gunman around? So, Yeah. yeah, his superstition. Yeah arose from that
3: yeah and i I made that comment by the way when we were watching the movie Mm -hmm. i told kim i said well i know why he didn't want to play that it's the dead man's hand and And i didn't even
1: know yeah
0: Yeah, that's that's really cool i like that a lot
1: um another one that came up as well i'm going to scroll down here um the one with liam neeson Mm -hmm. and um what's his name harry milling um Mm -hmm. they there were conversations that were they didn't know if they were father and son Mm -hmm. at first but other people come out came out and said that their accents were different which you kind of get the feeling later on that they're probably not since how he
0: i bet he bought him just like
1: right like we don't want to spoil anything but just what how it ends in the in that specific story Mm -hmm. i think you get kind of the that he just kind of picks on what's going to get him money
3: oh yeah I, yeah and i didn't feel i mean liam neeson didn't have enough lines in that to really yeah tell where where he was from anyway <laughs> in my opinion
1: um in the uh all gold canyon uh that story it was actually shot in telluride colorado oh. so if you ever want to go see that beautiful yeah, place T-
0: T- telluride has a uh If it's the same place, I assume it is a pretty prestigious indie film festival there also. Yep, that is correct. Yeah, where they show a lot of, like, the big indie, um, pretty sure they played Roma there.
1: (laughs) Um, I think the last one on my list, I'm pretty sure, um, is in the same one, uh, where he says, how high can a bird count anyway, was a reference to, um, the chicken, um, in the previous story, oh, when he was picking the so numbers, a a yeah, a little bit, there. yeah.
3: That's pretty
0: cool. That's cool. I like that. Um,
3: which we're not going to give any. That that would be a spoiler for for the, yeah, for sure. One of the other stories, but yeah, that's cool. Um, okay, cool. I like that. Is that all of them pretty yeah, good? I think
1: that's it. But okay. the the rest of them are pretty interesting. But yeah. I don't think it's worth you know.
0: Right,
3: we, uh, yeah, definitely share that. because yeah. I'd like to look at it. Up, look at it myself. Yeah,
0: we'll drop the link in uh, with the when we post the page. Or post this episode for sure, but okay, we're gonna kind of get in here to our final thoughts. I guess I'll go first. And your grade is out of five stars. Um, so yeah, I think that I definitely think it's you know really well done. I think that the cinematography and the framing and a lot of the acting and character interactions are very well done. I just still think that despite both of yours, your strong and valid arguments, I think that um. Some of the stories just didn't get the love that they should have deserved if you wanted to put them in there as equals to the other ones. And I think that that, you know, if two out of the six stories for me don't hit, you know, that's, you know, that's not that it brings it down, in my opinion. So uh, I think that on on the whole, though, I mean, if you're scrolling through Netflix, you could do a whole lot worse. You could could watch Titan. Don't watch Titan. (laughs) it's so bad um so yeah i mean at the end of the day it's still a Coen brothers movie but it's you know it's not in my top five Coen brothers movies um i would you know there are uh, you know plenty i would go to before this one but it's still solid well done overall um i still enjoyed it i give it three and a half out of five stars kristen
1: um i would give it four out of five stars Mm -hmm. Um, I want a lot of people to go and watch this movie, just so we can get more <laughs> movies like this. Uh, so the more good reviews we get, the more we can uh, watch stuff like that. But yeah, I love the movie. It was excellent all the way through. And um, Cohen Brothers, please make more.
0: <laughs> all right, and our esteemed guest, your final thought and your grade. Uh, I'm, yes, for my
3: gushing earlier, you know that uh, I loved it. And I'm with you, Chrissy. I hope and pray that the Coen brothers do more of this. I hope they've got a trunk full of these things <laughs> and and that Netflix lets them do it. And uh, because I would have went and seen this movie, I would have paid money to go see it at the movies, uh, mainly just because the Coen brothers did it and I've seen everything that they've done. But uh, it being on Netflix and being out there for more people to get to see, uh because you know more people watch Netflix and go to the movies anyway I think um it is uh it's definitely out there for more people to see for the audience to be bigger mm-hmm. and i'm I'm happy about that uh I thought it was excellent I, I gave it four four and a half stars uh because I thought it to me it was everything the corn brothers are was in this, and to see them take that and and make a western you know many westerns out of it and and me get to to be involved in all of those was excellent to me so it was in my wheelhouse so that's probably why i liked it more than anybody else but it it was excellent go watch it
0: all righty so i think that's gonna do it for us this week uh thank you to our very special guests.
3: you're welcome thanks for having me
0: um i'm sure he'll be back he definitely will be. Yeah, will he, be. he will Yeah, he will the be. The queen
3: movie was great, by the way.
0: <laughs> that's been a point of contention in our household for, uh, since it came out. But
3: I still think it's an age thing.
0: Yeah. Well, that's fair. Like, that's just your opinion, man. It is. It is, man. <laughs> man. Uh, so, all right. Thank you guys for listening this week. Uh, I'm sure you missed us last week. Like, you know, you're probably like sitting there and trying to get away from your family. I you know, man, I really would love to listen to them, but we just let you down. We and did, I'm sorry.
1: Um, but you'll get over it, and um, you'll love us anyway. We're back.
0: Um, <laughs> we're definitely going to, because I assume the same thing will happen over Christmas, so I think we got a little something special planned that we might record ahead of time that we can put out. Yeah. Um, just so that you can get your fix for us, but that we don't have to lock ourselves in our room away from our families to record a podcast. Not that you would want it. Yeah, well, you know, depends, depends on how many times we have to watch Bohemian Rhapsody again. <laughs> Um, but yeah. All right. So, Kristen, why don't you tell them where they can follow us so that they can hear even more of us?
1: So I can't stress this enough. Um, go to our Facebook page. Please. Um, just search in real time R E E L. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a link on there to for you to send us an email uh, with uh, your reviews, your opinions, questions, and we will read them out on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also leave a post on there as well if you like.
0: Send us your hate mail.
1: Yeah, please. Anything. Um, you can also find us on Instagram um, at In Real Time Pod. Um, Twitter is the same at In Real Time Pod. So you can tweet us, comment on our Instagram pics, yep. do all that.
0: All the all the fun stuff. And if you don't, if you think Facebook is stealing your identity and you don't want to use it, um, you can just email us directly at at gmail.com mm-hmm. So hit us up. But yeah, I think that'll do it this week. Uh, i stay tuned to our Twitter because we're in that really weird time where like there are a lot of really like limited release stuff that we, we may- kind of
1: have to wait till they come around yeah, around us kind of like
0: Thursday when the showings come out I can see what we're going to check out so I have to check that out maybe maybe we can see we might get to check out Green Book or something you know something like that mm-hmm. um, I do but I'm almost positive for Netflix the Netflix film we're going to do um, Cam which is a new Netflix oh, horror yeah. film that, that, that we're going to do um that gets the wayne fuller seal of approval because already <laughs> watched it but yeah that so that so count on that one for sure and then for the theater movies um check our twitter slash facebook and we'll, we'll make a post about that because i gotta see what what we can actually see um we you know december we're finishing strong here there's a lot of big movies coming, movies coming out, out. We, we talked about roma of course you know we got into the spider-verse coming out uh, <laughs> aquaman bumblebee um, mary poppins returns um you got mortal engines um and there's a lot of you know a lot of limited release oscar stuff you know the favorite welcome to marwin vice a lot you know we, we're going strong here it's gonna kill me i'm gonna be uh we're gonna be it's gonna be like every day
1: i have a feeling the favorite's gonna end up being my favorite movie of the year oh, but i'm getting a little ahead of myself so
0: looking forward to that movie but yeah so we still have plenty and we're also going to do you know end of your time we're gonna do a good top 10 top five list Mm-hmm. you know look back at the year have a little i'm sure uh, our special guest will probably be back for that one because it'll be it'll be nice to get another perspective you know like really reflect really look back
1: and you guys can send us your top five movies of the year too. yeah for
0: sure and, and we'll read them out loud if you want to you want your voice heard let us know but i think that's enough rambling for this week so thanks again for listening we'll be back next week same bat tom same bat channel <laughs> but until next time love you